Show offs. La 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 la. All right. How's it going? <laughs> well, dude. Well, how's things? Yeah, good. We're live. We're live, Kev. Um, do you know what? We're going to get straight into this, and I want to tell you how good I've been at showing off in the last 20 minutes. I have showed off four laptops that didn't work. I've showed off two microphones <laughs> that didn't work. I've showed off two iPhones that didn't work. And finally, I found a way of going live with you, my pal, on show offs tonight. And it's so good to see you because up until seven minutes ago, I was shitting myself. <laughs> and 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 you allowed her to join the chat as well, dude. I see how you're messaging as well. I, I was absolutely shocked there that you actually jumped in so quickly with content there. I thought you had had something to say, but no, you're just telling us how many laptops have broken down for you this evening. Makes the first comment I've ever put in a live chat during a podcast, and I went with the phrase "we madam." I thought that was good. Mate, I've got a bit of an issue tonight. I think that this is the first time we've actually ever given control of our podcast, you know, a share of it to someone else. And I've, I've kind of gotten used to chatting with you. I'm not sure how we're going to deal with this dynamic. Yeah, mate, I'm so excited. And just for any listeners that are on right now that have don't know, we've got our first ever official podca uh, podcast guest tonight. And of course, everybody knows we've been banging on about it all week. We've got Mr. Jason Byrne, and he's just behind the scenes waiting to come on and he'll be with us just uh, just in a few minutes but Kev how's your week been? Mate it's been good yeah um, quite quite uh, I guess I've been staying within five miles of home I've not been doing too much <laughs> um, I guess the most the closest I've come to showing off is just is deliberately smiling at strangers on the psychopath um, nice. because I thought I'd just try that out to see what happened obviously I choose the strangers you know, carefully. I don't smile at every single stranger. That just be weird. But you know, the, the the other the adult males around my age just smile at them. Don't I? Don't even know why that's funny. Me, I do, I do it when I'm out running. So I I, I run every second morning and I, I smile and I nod. Like you know how you hear the guys that ride motorcycles they nod at each other as they as they drive past each other. Mm. I've, I've been mm. doing it with other runners, and so few people nod or or say hello back. So. I think I'm out tomorrow morning, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the next level. Like I'm like I can't go near them because you're not allowed to go within a certain distance, obviously. But I'm not just gonna nod. I'm actually gonna go all right, and and you know like you know, <laughs> actually speak to them and try and get some kind of response. It might freak them out a wee bit more, but I think it's you know if you're out running and you see another runner, you, you should acknowledge each other. I think maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe yeah, I think wrong. you should acknowledge anyone when you're out and about. I f I feel like that's something that. We've lost a little bit as a society. I remember as a kid when I used to go for a walk along a country path, everyone we'd pass, we'd always go, all right, you know, just nod your head, all right, do that face. That kind of face <laughs> as well. But that, that seems to have been lost now. No one ever does that. Um, but I, so you, let's bring it back. So you, but you, would, you would say hello to everybody? Like literally Mate, everybody. every person you've asked? Every, even animals. <laughs> like. Mate, oh, <laughs> mate, on my run the other morning, I saw a rat. Like How did you what? Where, where, sorry, rat. I've never seen a rat before, mate. It was, it was honestly about that. If it wasn't a rat, it was a giant mouse, right? But I'm telling you, <laughs> it was this size, right? And it ran out in front of me and it shot across the road. But honestly, don't worry though, Kev. I said hello and gave a wee nod. Are you okay, right? Yeah, so we, we got the politeness covered, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Kev, it's uh, it's our fourth live episode of the Show Offs podcast and we've got a lot of 
new viewers and listeners this week. A uh, big thank you to everybody that's downloaded the audio version on all the usual platforms like Apple and Spotify and everything else. Um, for any that's not listened to us before, and it's great to see the comments coming out already, Lewis and Mark and Stuart, and you know, there's a whole bunch of Gales in there, DJ. Gale, Shove. Brilliant to see everybody in there. Um, but for anybody that's not listened before, this show is dedicated to any individual out there who has ever dared to show themselves off. And we don't mean that traditional, or oh, you're a show off. Anybody who's got a skill, a passion, an interest, a hobby, who one day just thought, I am going to put this out to the world, show myself off, put myself out there, be prepared to take any criticism, any feedback, any praise, and go for it. And mate, have we not just picked the best guest ever for, for our first one? I uh, absolutely. I think um, when uh, when in a few moments when he comes on to into the broadcast studio, you'll you'll, uh, you'll get a feel for the energy, despite whatever you are in the country. And for me, like Jason is, uh, I, there's lots of comedians out there who are content to just use the spoken word, aren't there, guy? <laughs> a lot of comedians out there just to stand on stage, say a few jokes. Re, re, you know, re, re, regale a few tales. Uh, but for whenever I watch Jason, he doesn't. There's no kind of technique in comedy he will not use for a laugh, whether it's props, audience participation, uh, and the the tangents and the wildness of his shows. I think that's what they are. They're wild. Whenever I've seen him live, it always feels like so unpredictable. Uh, and, and I love that. I love that. I love being surprised. I think it's the magician inside of me, maybe the comedian as well. That's what keeps you on the edge of your seat, that white knuckle ride. You know, there's not, there's not many comedians can create this amount of energy on a stage. Um, and, you know, actually, Jason, just, I've, I've only got to know Jason this year. We've, it's really, my relationship with Jason's really bizarre. We've never actually met. And yet, <laughs> we've, kind of got, we've kind of got to know each other. Uh, quite quite well over this last few months we we sort of connected through the world of books and book writing um, and we've had some really deep conversations on the phone him and I and I feel like I could pick the phone up to him and I'd just have a chat with him about anything and I've, I've never even met the guy but listen before we bring him in I've just spotted we actually have another comedy legend has just come on the com the comments page Gary Morris is one of the guys from Slaughterhouse Live, who is one of the <laughs> one of the most legendary, one of my absolute favourite comedy shows, one of my biggest inspirations of all time. And the fact that I've just seen his name pop up is unreal. So this night just got twice as good. So Kev, I think it's only time that you get ready to bring Mr. Burn in. Uh, if if that is okay with you, are you good to go? Mate, can I play a fanfare? Oh yeah! This is uh, this is for you, Jason. Got a little fanfare ready, and then I'm going to seamlessly just bring you into the podcast. This is a fanfare. This is a fanfare. This is a fanfare. Jason Byrne, welcome to Show Us Podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> welcome to Ireland. Oh, That's a beautiful this view of Ireland right there. Yeah, that's yeah. the there's the flower and the fauna there. That's a Irish green. Thistle. That's a greenhouse, and there's lots of Irishness here. And there's a whole load of a big band in there playing socially distancing. And there's a but I'm near I'm near a pub though up the hill. I live up here. There's a there's a pub just here. But uh, but listen, thanks for having us. Oh mate, listen, thank you so much uh, so much for being on the show. When when Kevin and I were talking about. You know, it, we're with a few practice runs at the podcast that weren't live. Then we had a few practices that were live. And yeah. we're saying we need to get that first guest. Just needs to be the right one. 
And mate, uh, when uh, when you said well, yes to coming on board, we were honoured. So thank you. Well, as an Irishman and you being, you know, Scotsman as well, the show-offs thing is just a little, like, even though, like, I know you're coming on here and you're going, right, so it's going to be talking about people who are showing off, right? <laughs> but they're not showing off. It's people who have kind of pushed themselves a bit. But already my Irish brain is going, you're right there. Yeah, fucking show off. Like, literally, that's, <laughs> that's how we are raised in Ireland and in Scotland is to basically don't be telling people you're brilliant. You know, like like I did a, I did a gig ages ago, right? And I was hosting it, and an American guy was on, and he said, can, and they were he's going up to an Irish crowd, and he said, can you tell them I was in Speed Three, and I was on the Conan O'Brien show, and I went, no, if I tell them that, you're gonna die in your arse, and he went, no, no, tell them, and I went down, went, uh, okay, everybody, this guy's been on Conan O'Brien, Letterman, and they could just see their faces dropping and getting more and more angry. Do you know what I mean? And I brought him out, and he and he died in his arse. So, like, so, so I'm on this podcast just to talk to you. I'm not showing off mm. because the, because the Irish will just go. I seen you on that podcast showing off shit. So, that's that's true, isn't it? I guess like the 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 people that watch these things, they don't make their mind up on on the things that you've done in the past. They're making their mind up now with what you're doing right in this moment. It's entertain me now, and then I'll tell you if you're good or not. Yeah, and don't be pushing it either, you know. Don't put, don't push it, you know. Just let's ease it in. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a statement, Jason. Do you know the good thing is you've, uh, you've kind of hit the nail on the head with the show. Actually, the, the show is, it is a chance to talk about showing off rather than being a show off. Yes, and, mate. You've been, in, you've been in comedy for a while. You've, you've been putting oh. yourself out there all over the world for many, many years. Can we go right back? To before you had ever been on stage, what, what happened in your head? Kevin and I have discussed this over the last few weeks, mate, about what is that thing that just made you go, aye, I'm going on stage and I'm going to take that risk. What was it for you? Why did you do it? What was going through your head? Because we've all done it. We've all been there. And we know that it's the stupidest thing in the world to ever put yourself through. It's stressful. It's, it's horrific and beautiful at the same time. Why did you do it, mate? Well, it's good for your bowels. <laughs> I chronic constipation. No, no. So, I uh, okay. So, uh, mine. I, I suppose it's two parallel stories running along because without me knowing, because me, me and Gavin, all we've done a lot of stuff on mental health and things, and like how our brain works. So, when I was a kid, uh, my dad and uh, my whole family just watched comedy all the time on telly, like comedy, comedy. I remember my dad switching off the news to watch not the nine o'clock news on BBC Two with Rowan Atkinson and all. And I didn't even notice. I was watching like Benny Hill. I was watching Fonzie Terrors. I was watching, and I and all the way up and all the way up. I didn't know that I was actually in comedy college without even knowing it, right? And then my personality was built because it's, it's good. Like comics, a lot of time you'll find they're confident, even if they're deadpan or outgoing, they're still confident, and they get confident by the way they've been brought up, I suppose. So I was. My house was full of people all the time when I was a kid in Ireland. It was lit, like it was a stereotypical Irish house. They all came in. I had loads of aunties and uncles. They weren't really my aunties and uncles. Loads and loads and loads of them. So <laughs> built all that up. So I had all this confidence I had on, but, uh, I got on stage. So I start. I was 21, right? Or actually, I'll just no, I'll go back a little bit more. I was actually 18 when I seen my first ever stand-up in Ireland, I'd never seen a stand-up speak into a microphone. 
and I seen Billy Connolly in Dublin, right? In oh, the wow. Olympia Theatre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. myself and my best mate PJ, who's now a comedian as well and a radio host, uh, we knew how to break in. See, I've never met Billy Connolly and I, I owe him two tickets. Whenever I see him, I want to give him the money. But we, there was a, it was called the Olympia Theatre. And when all the crowd went in, they closed the door. And they didn't lock it, but I mean, and all the bouncers, all the bouncers came in, but they walked past the door to the boxes. So me and my PJ waited until everybody went in. Then we just sauntered into the, into the foyer, went into the boxes, sat down and watched Billy Connolly, watched Billy Connolly. And then afterwards I went, I am never doing that. Never am I doing that. I went, that is mental. So kicked at 21 years of age, I was asked to host a show. Oh my Jesus Christ, right? Host the show. And the reason, and these two nurses were going to Romania, would you believe, to what was called then the AIDS babies? That was on their t shirt. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We're, yeah, we're going to the AIDS babies. Like, well, you wouldn't fucking tell. I was going, okay, right? So we were, they were trying to get money together. So they asked me to host the night, and I'd never known comedy. I'd never, I mean, I'd never seen this. I mean, I'd never seen it, but I'd never done it. You know what I mean? Never been on stage. I got up in a pub. I had big stupid badges with happy birthday on them and all and big silly shit. And I got up and I died on my arse, right? I didn't know what I was doing, right? And it's and my, one of my neighbours has it on tape. So I said, <laughs> I said, I said, I said, never again. And then cut to about 23, 24 years of age. I'm at a comedy gig in Dublin. And uh Afterwards, I'm talking to the compare or whatever, and my mate goes, he wants to do comedy. And I went, no, I fucking, no, I don't. He goes, yes, he does. And your man gave me, Barry Murphy was his name and still is, seven open spots. And he said, if you're no good after these, don't bother. And I, and I went on, and I just got better and better because I did weird props. You know what I mean? I did weird shit. Yeah. But I had no fear. But I didn't think I was going to keep on doing it. I didn't think I was going to keep on doing it. But I was... I've, like when I was in, in in class, I wasn't even the class clown. I was like about seven or eight down the down the level. Do you know what I mean? So I went and uh, just kept doing the gigs. I just and I was waiting for someone to go. Ah, oh, you're shite. Don't worry, you can't do it. Go back. I'm still waiting to go back to work, and it's like twenty four years. <laughs> I'm still waiting for somebody to go get back to work. When you when you saw Billy Connolly, you said uh, that you you're like I'm never doing that. I'm never no. doing that. What what about what he did made you see that? Because obviously that that changed that point of view. What about that? And then how did it change afterwards? Well, when you see well well for the first I seen this man just this man on his own on the stage just and I'll never forget the way he walked out. There was no music, nothing. He just sauntered out, and everybody just started like looking at him, and he just went. Hello? And everybody just started fucking laughing. <laughs> and, then, and I was at the, see, I was in the box, so I could see him and I could see the crowd. So I was able to see him and his, and what he was seeing. Do you know what I mean? And I was looking at all the faces and I was going, I said to my PJ, he's on his own. Holy shit. What's it like the command he had? So I said, I, no way can I do that. Do you know what I mean? But right. and have I you suppose. Seen him again since? Have you seen him again since, Jason? Have you seen him live more than once? Yeah, I've seen him about four times, but the last time I seen him was about ten years ago. So I haven't, you know, obviously he's not well right now. Yeah, so I haven't. I've I've only had the the good fortune to see him once. I was in London. Uh, I was speaking at a conference, um, and I found out that he was doing a sold out run 
uh, at the Apollo in London. And it turned out that I was only a five to 10 minute walk from the Apollo. And I thought, surely there's one ticket. There has to be yeah. one. Like there'll just be what, a one seat. Someone on their own needs to sit there. So I walked along and I went to the box office and they said to me, we've got one ticket. And I was like, this is it. It's meant to be. It was his last ever tour. It was um, uh, on your high horse tour or whatever it was called. Uh, and uh, I have to say, he was on for two hours and 10 minutes. He didn't have a break. And it was a, it was a comedy masterclass. And actually, it's interesting you say the view that you had from the boxes. I was sat off at the side. I wasn't one of the boxes, but I too could see the audience and I could see him. And I felt like I was in the middle of something really beautiful. And I've never had a face that sore in all my life. The guy's just, he's just a legend, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, I i would, I remember, like, nearly nearly all his gigs, he's one of the only comics I ever go, please stop talking. Please stop talking. I can't. I need breath. I need, and, and you'll see, a lot of people go, oh, I only saying that because he's, a, I'm not. He's infectious. Like, he's just, and he's a beautiful yeah, man. And he's full of life. And he's a, like, he's an icon. He's brilliant. Yes, he is. But Jason, you're talking there about you. You're sitting there watching, thinking, "Stop talking, mate." I've seen you like I've I've not had this conversation with you, and you and I have had a few conversations over the last few months. But I've seen you live a few times, mate, and I can't breathe. <laughs> I, I'm struggling because you know you were talking about how you come on and just do crazy shit with props and that, mate. That mm. that sums you up beautifully. You do crazy shit with props, and it's absolutely insane. See before you go on stage, right? Because I know what happens in my head before I go on stage. And it's not yeah. it's not always a happy place for me backstage. I pace up and down, I'm stressed and I'm worried. What's going with the energy that you bring to the stage and the crazy tangents you go off on, what's going through your head? When you hear the, the compere say, next up, we've got headliner Jason Byrne, let's hear it. Mate, what yeah. happens? Well, normally I'm backstage and uh, I'm saying I'm I'm praying to my head that it'll behave itself. I say to my brain, please behave yourself. I don't have the energy for you tonight. And my brain goes, ah, you'll be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I go, listen, can we do the little prop thing and the thing I wrote? The thing I wrote. And my brain's going, ah, probably not. Probably not. And I, so I go out. And uh, when I go out on stage, I have three different parts of my head that work. So my left side of my brain, I don't know why this is a thing, but it scans the audience like like a radar, like a laser scanner. It goes back and forth. And my left side of my brain is going him, him, her, not him, her, him, her, not him, her, him, him, like this, right? And then the right side of my brain has got all the material. It's like a file. It's going, uh, next up is uh, B, and that's a bit of fox. It's not a bit of fox. And the other side of my head is still going him, her, talk to him, her. And then the middle bit of me is got what we all call the imposter syndrome. And it's going, get the fuck off. Yeah. What are you doing here? This isn't even funny. And then, and on top of all that, I'm talking. So it's mayhem up there. But what I learned off a beautiful comic, and this could be good for you with your anxiety and any other comic listening or any other performer. I was with Sean Hughes, who passed away sadly like what, about two years now. Sean Hughes, a great comic. And I was backstage yeah. in Edinburgh. And we were doing a show together, whatever. And I was pacing up and down the room. And Sean was just sitting there with a cigarette, just watching me. And he goes, he goes, what are you doing? I go, I just, uh, I like to pace up and down. He goes, okay, he goes, Jason, sit down, sit down. I sat down. He goes, have you done this before? I went, well, yeah. How many times? I went, I don't know, hundreds. He goes, yeah, yeah. And did you die in your arse every time? I went, no. And he goes, right, so I reckon you're good at this. 
I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah. So sit the fuck down and calm down because you know how to do this. So, so since that, I don't pace the room anymore. I actually sit down. And what helps me is I try and get me mates into, into, if I'm doing a big show in Dublin, I'll get all my mates to come in because they don't give a shite about me. Do you know what I mean? They don't care about what I do. Right. I swear to God, once I was in the dressing room and my mates, right, PJ and a couple of lads, I was about to go on and they were in my dressing room drinking my cans, watching the telly. Right. And I said, I'm about to go on, lads. And they went, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be out in a second. Go on, you go on, you go on. <laughs> I came in after the first half. They were still fucking sitting there. They didn't even watch the show. And they, and they went, oh, sounds like it's going well out there. But this, they went, this is fucking great in here. And they're going, is this your job? <laughs> so it was fascinating to watch. But yeah, the, but the, prop, the props thing, this will tell you why I use the props. Because I had my memory was really bad. I, I, my... my I always had an animated memory in school, so I was really bad with words all the time. I wasn't dyslexic or anything, so I used props to actually kind of as a you know as in bullet points. That's why I used the props to help me through the show. Okay, I actually, that's really clever. Do you mentioned Sean Hughes? Yeah. Um, I, mate, what what phenomenal mind? Um, yeah. Can I? I, I want to share with you one of the best lines I've ever heard in my entire life, and it was by Sean Hughes. And Sean Hughes had a line where he used to say, do you know, when we were young, uh, you would never find us smoking behind the bike sheds. And he's, he would pause and he would look at the audience and say, you'd find us cycling behind the tobacconists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he used to, oh my God, he used to do another lovely routine about, I was in the Chinese in London, my local Chinese, and they were all saying, oh, it's, it's, it, they're serving pigeon instead of chicken. You know what I mean? And like and all that kind of stuff. And he did a whole lovely routine of going, Have you ever seen a Chinese man trying to catch a pigeon? It's <laughs> fucking impossible. Right? And it's like so we had lovely stuff, but as we said with Sean, he was a fantastic moan. He he moaned at everybody. And at his funeral, his brother got up and said, Hi, thanks. Like like there was load every comic in the world was there. And he said, Thanks everybody. And there I mean, you wouldn't be here unless each and every one of you had an argument with Sean because he basically <laughs> fought fought with everybody, you know. But, but the comedy world, yeah, I mean, it's mad. It's 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 a mad world because, as you know, lads, a lot of time you're on your own in your head, and you yeah. have to sort that out and just just go on. You just yeah, and as you say, just be, just before you walk on stage, that's mm -hmm. where you have to kind of just go. It's like diving into something. It's just like. Just jump. Yeah, man. Dive. And what, a lot of people don't realise. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what happens for you after that show? After what show? Any show. What happens when you're finished and you walk off? What happens for you? Die fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I literally. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. I know it's really weird because yes, I have done it hundreds of thousands of times, but I'm actually elated that I've done a really good show and I feel 100% satisfied because uh, I feel like the audience have really enjoyed themselves because the reason I put so much into a show is that I always think, I always imagine myself sitting there watching it and I always think, yeah, yeah, I could have done a bit more there, could have done a bit more there. So it's almost like I do all the props, all the stand-up, all the improv, I do as much as I can to try and keep them happy and then afterwards, it's just, it's the feeling of, of 
It's like somebody like who's like built a really good wall, like a builder or a, a carver has mm. just finished a beautiful piece, like a stonemason. Same thing with, with comics. It's the same. It's it's a blank canvas when you go out there. And at the very end, when you're finished, it's a masterpiece or it's shite. <laughs> so it's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so after, I, and then when you get more and more experienced, it's, it's mainly a masterpiece. I think like, Whenever, you know, if you come off stage and, and the read of times where, where I've had that kind of show, Jason, that you have pretty much every time you go on stage, no doubt. Uh, I, I, have that, I have that emotion, that vibe of, yeah, I've done this. But what I often, if I'm in a hotel and miles away from home, from my wife, from my kid, I'm like, I've just got, I've got no one to share it with. I've got, I feel like I'm alone with this. And, and it's, it's often like, it's, that's when I start to feel a wee bit down a wee bit. And it doesn't, fortunately, I'm, quite a forgetful for a person so whenever whenever i'm feeling down i actually forget that i'm feeling down within a few moments later and i'm just back to normal again but do you do you get that as well that sort of that yeah, i want to I mean, share this and this i think the reason why you get like that as well is because doing stand-up is is such a massive achievement for anybody to do it in, in any in a short time or a big as a like short time on stage or a long time on stage to actually do stand-up is insane that's why you kind of shit yourself. You feel butterflies. You want to puke because it's it's the same thing as doing a bungee jump. Like your your brain is going, what are you doing? So when you achieve that, because the achievement is so big, afterwards, uh, yeah, you just want people to come up to you and go, oh my god, well done. And then you want to be in the taxi with, with literally the whole crowd in the taxi going, oh my god, that was well done, well done. Like drive up, get into the hotel. That you pull back the covers, they're all in the bed going, oh my god, that was absolutely. I mean, that that. You want to be going to sleep to them still whispering in your ear going. But it is weird because it's you you have four let's say four hundred new friends, you've made loads of friends. It's a very personal connection because they're laughing with you because they they trust you and they put all their trust in you and they believe what you're saying and they and they're all leaving going, Oh my god, he was a lovely guy. Oh my god, remember what you said there? Oh, that was brilliant and everything. But it's just like you don't get to, if you got to leave with them, that could be good. But actually, mm. unless you die in your arse, which a friend of mine did do, he was in London, he was a compere, and he died on his arse, and he went to the train station, and he said, the whole fucking crowd were on the platform. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just standing there, and none of them were talking. They are all just kind of staring at him, just kind of staring at him. And he, was just, he just wanted to. And there's, there's friends of mine that do work on cruise ships, and that's the worst scenario oh. where you've got 2,000 people, you're on the opening night, you know you're on that ship for a transatlantic seven or eight day journey, you oh. fall, you fall so badly that you just, you don't leave the room, you've got nowhere to go, that's you have to go to the buffet really late. Now I heard a story, and I don't know Gav if you know who it was, but some comic was airlifted off one of them. Off a ship because he was so vulgar. Oh and no the, way! And yeah, yeah, and the crowd hated him. They actually got a helicopter in to take him away. And take him. <laughs> oh no! I can't believe that. Can that imagine, is the worst. Can you imagine how, exp how expensive that must <laughs> be to get off. <laughs> it happens all the time. Basically, the the passengers were going. He's so vile. We don't even want to eat near him. <laughs> <laughs> Like we've all we've all had those gigs, mate, that that are just awful. Whether yeah. whether it's whether it's us that's awful, the audience, the the compare, the just the club that you're in or the event that you're at, 
is there is there a particular gig that comes to mind where yeah. you were on stage and whilst you were you know how when you're on stage when you're in your moment you can chat and chat and chat but you're thinking about other stuff have you ever had that moment where in your head you were just like shit shit i need out of here right now have you ever had that moment yeah i'll give you i'll give you the two i'll give you two of them the two of them are huge one is very quick one was a, a place called Leighton Live in Edinburgh, which was oh, yeah. old, the old Leighton yeah. Live. Which, and it, we always talk about this old Leighton Live and the young comics go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a place where people could heckle. And it was insane, right? And comics heckled you. And Boopy Graffo, who's a comic, would be up on a sound desk with a microphone and you could be halfway <laughs> through your set and Boopy would go, hello, Jason. And you're like, oh, and you have to go, hello. <laughs> and he'd go, this is God. How do you think the gig is going? And he's fucking. But anyway, <laughs> I was on stage, and I, as I said, I used to have loads of props. It was 1997, and I went on. I was sharing a, a double bill with Tommy Tiernan, but I went on late in life. Karen Corrin just went, "You have to do it." And I, I fucking, I own Edinburgh. You do it, right? So <laughs> I walked out. Right, it was about whatever half one, two in the morning. I had loads of sticks. About I'd say nearly ten. Maybe 15, 14, it was like, yeah, I'd say 40, it was seven pairs of sticks with rubber hands on them, right? And I walked out with them like this, right? <laughs> and I just was trying to get the mic sorted, and somebody went, fuck off! And I went, <laughs> and I went, and I went uh, okay. And I just fucked off. <laughs> I walked off. <laughs> and I never went back. <laughs> so that one, but then this was the one, this is the one that lasted way longer. I used when I, okay. So the mad background with me was when I went to gig in London. Uh, I my agent was Don Sedgwick, great agent, and her agent was uh, she was looking after Simon Pegg, and Simon was only nobody knew who Simon was then. And I used to stay with Simon and Nick in a flat in uh, in London, and then so Simon then drove to a gig. But at the same time, I was really good friends with Arthur and. Uh, Graham and Arthur, who wrote Father Ted. So Arthur Smith and Graham Lenehan. Yeah. But, so yeah. they were going to the gig, right? They were going to this gig. And uh, anyway, long story short, they seen Simon up on stage and they were going, who's he? And then that was it. They cast him in Hippies. Then he was cast in Big Train. Then he did uh, Spaced. And then he did blah, blah, blah. But the mm, thing was, I, mo I moved down to stay with Graham. And Graham said... Oh, I've got a gig for you. I went, where is it? He says, it's called Up the Creek. And Malcolm Hardy is the compare. And I was going, I think I've heard of this thing, right? So, and Graham goes, yeah, I'm going to bring down a couple of mates of mine from the fast show. And I was going like, what? Char Charlie Hickson and fucking Paul Whitehouse, right? And all I was going, oh, what? So I went down and I'll never forget it, right? Because I don't know if this, if you found this out when you gigged outside Scotland, even down into England, my accent was very Dublin. Like, I used to talk like this all the time on stage. It'd be very like that, you know. It'd be very hard to understand because I'd be going on like this. That was my accent. So my mm. diction was really bad. So I got up on stage and up the creek. And all the stories that you hear, I watched them unfold in front of me. Again, I was messing with props. There was, like, no laughter. I could hear chairs moving. They were, like, going, and in those days, there was cigarette smoke everywhere. And they were, like, <coughs> and I could see Graham Lennon in the side just kind of looking at me going, oh, shit, he's going to die. And then I went into panic mode. I picked up little playing cards, other things. 
And then they started to do their thing. And they do this thing. They go, so Malcolm Hardy's the compare. And they start they start going, Malcolm, Malcolm. Wait, that's the crowd doing that. And you're standing going, and I was going, I was going, and I knew it was happening. going, no, no, wait, wait. And they let it spread slowly. That's what they do. They, they, ki- they kill you. They would, they, they're dicks. Yeah, they kill you slowly. And they're going, Malcolm, Malcolm. Right? Oh, no, it's horrible. So eventually, I just left. And Malcolm came on. And Malcolm had a fag in his hand. And, and he looked at me, he looked at all of them and he went, I thought they were, I thought he was funny. I thought he was funny. You're a pack of cunts. That's what you are, right? <laughs> so, as usual, comics, we're not well in the head. I had to go back again two weeks later so I wouldn't be known as that. And I went back and I just spoke a little bit slower. And they nearly carried me out of there shoulder high. The gig was so good. Oh, it's oh, just... But when that moment happens, you just sink, sink, sink. <clears throat> and you and can I say as well, you don't have the experience, you don't have the tools to fight that because you're brand new. Love it. You know, Jason, we've got some questions coming in for you, mate. Yes. Um, we have a question from Sean who says he's curious to know if you still have the big hands microphones that you held. <laughs> that you held out him to the audience in Vicar Street. He says that he met you back in 2013 and you told him you still had them in your shed. Yeah, I do. There, um, <laughs> so this was, I mean, I mean, talk about, you know what I mean? We're not allowed to touch anybody now. I always, I basically touched up my audience all night. They were like being kicked, dragged, mugged, rubbed. So I had, I decided to get somebody to, to build me massive rubber hands. They were about, I'd say two feet long. With um, and maybe two and a half feet long with the fingers, but I put a microphone in the palm of the hand, and then I put them on a telescopic stick, so I could push them way out into the audience, and then I would just flop them on someone's face. They would cover the whole of a, of a pointer's face, and then I'd interview the and and I don't know why or I mean this is how much my audience trusts me and how much I get them to like me. They never push the hand off their face. They say. <laughs> They stay underneath the hand, and I interview them, ask them what their name is, and they literally go, my, "My name is Michael. I'm from, I'm from Waterford." And they would never go get that off me. And that's yes, I still have them. These huge, freaky hands, and push them around, interview them, the audience members. You need to bring them back, dude. Yeah. Well, I just, you know what? Actually, I was, I was uh, going through my prop. I found another prop bag in the, uh, in the shed. Which was uh, look, of course, that's not 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 them, but they were about that big. <laughs> if that's your face, that's how big they were. But then I found this. Look out! I haven't seen it, and this is years old. This is one of my props, right? And this, I actually did this. <laughs> I did this gag in Up the Creek, and in Up the Creek, this actually this got a massive round of applause because of the song. Then I just stood there. I just I just went like this. How bizarre! How bizarre! <laughs> and at that stage that song was massive <laughs> they were talking oh yeah that's alright Jace is alright he's fucking nuts <laughs> so yeah I just I'm surrounded by props here because I just like I've got like I have uh, oh yeah if anybody wants to I found this as well my, my old uh, my old willy that was a willy thing that I, <laughs> I saw you do that in a Corporate gig, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And if anybody yeah. wants to make their own, if you want to make your own wheelie, it's a pair of tights 
just cut tights and put more tights in them, and they're look, they're great, Willie. Jason, can, can we? I was, really, I was really hoping tonight that our audience would all be able to learn how to make their own willing. Like Jason, can can I jump in as well? Because Gavin and I, we used to do a sketch act together. It was a three-man sketch act, and we used to use a lot of props as well. And just on the subject of penises, we managed to get <clears throat> a penis prop uh, that would that would look like an erect penis, but would actually grow um, every time the person wearing it told a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant! But what, what made it just that wee bit more special was every time it grew, we had a sound effect that oh, played that went like this. <laughs> every time. And it got to the point where this thing was almost touching the audience. So you had your big hands. You had your big hands with a microphone and we had a big well, penis that just, every time Kev lied, it just got longer and longer. Oh, my God. That is, I mean, that's, it, 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 props are great fun. And I, I, I had to make a lot of my own props all the time. I couldn't, I, never, I couldn't afford mm -hmm. to, that's, to... That's part of the fun, isn't it? With the, mm. with the one that we had, we actually had to go to somebody and say, can you make a, a mechanical penis that we can control from the stage? Yeah. That, that, makes, that makes a brilliant noise? And they did. There well, was I... somebody who had to make it. Yeah, it was, it was a car aerial. It was a remote control car aerial. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> yes. Well, I had two, my two favorite pops that had to be built for me in, in, a, in um, Australia. Do you know, like, the, you know the game Buzz, where you have to hold this, the ring around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you hit it, it goes, Meh. I had a fully grown outline of a, of, of a man and basically, and a cock like that. And then... <laughs> And then basically, I was then tied to a like a crucifix thing, and the punter went around real slowly. And whenever it buzzed, I got whacked on my body. And I used to have to wear for the whole gig. People didn't even know I was wearing a jock strap. And when they went around the cock, and fair play, the punters really tried. They really tried not to hit it, and they go around the knob, and we go, eh. and then the person beside me like had a big leather paddle, and they'd be like oh. looking at me, going, they'd be looking at me, going, I can't, I can't. I go, just do it. Just do it, and they whack me. But the audience—the audience didn't know I had a jock strap on. But people know, even if you have that on, the vibration still goes to your cock and balls. So I got like the cock and balls got shuddered every night, just like. So that Jason, was. Jason, uh, we, we've got loads of questions coming in, mate. There's a few people uh, telling you that you, they want you to know that the Melbourne Comedy Festival loves you. Uh, uh, I, I, do you know what? With everything that's going on, I'm, you know, like, 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 basically, Britain, Ireland, and Australia are my are my homes. They've always been my homes. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I've, as long as I've been doing comedy, I've, I've been in Australia for like 17, 18 years. So much so that when I was in Ireland, two Australians on holidays came up to me and asked me what I was doing in Dublin, and I was like, <laughs> going, "What?" And they went, "You live in Melbourne, don't you?" I was going, "No," and so. I've got a lot of friends there, loads of friends, like all oh, you guys and everything in Britain and, uh, and of course, all over Ireland here. But it's just so, it's really horrible not to get to Australia because it's like my little, because the beautiful weather, the beautiful people, the different, yeah. it, it's really weird. My life, it, it's not one culture, it's many cultures. So I live in different cultures all the time and that's what my life is. So right now, for a lot of us, we are actually living in the one culture. A lot of us as, as comics who travel around, are not used to that. So I miss, I've got a yeah. loads of, I've got massive holes in me 
that should, that should be filled. So the Melbourne Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, if anybody after this, just if you want to sit down tonight or tomorrow with a glass of wine, just Google Jason Byrne YouTube Melbourne Comedy Festival, and there is endless stunts yeah. on there. Because I never did stand up there, I, I, like on the gala. They always asked me to do a stunt, and and one and actually one real quickly, one of the biggest props they ever built for me was you know like when you go to a fun fair and you bang the big hammer and it goes up and hits the bell. It's called something. <laughs> that's a, it's an actual name for that. Well, they built me a thing where a man sat at the very top, right? There was no bell, and they they made they got a boxing glove, and his wife sat beside stood beside me, and I asked him questions, and depending on how offensive they were, that was how hard she hit the thing at the bottom, and the glove would go up, and just hit his balls, it just tipped his balls, <laughs> like, and I mean, but I mean, he's up about like fifteen feet. The thing was huge. So Australia. So the but the, the good thing is, that what I'm trying to do right now is. Uh, at the uh, probably August and the end of July, I'm going to uh, uh, near where I live here. We have a venue, and it looks like we're going to have about 50 people socially distanced in the get in the venue. And I'm going to stream gigs that people can pay into from all around the world. So I'm going to have a projector with uh, sorry a, a screen saying here's Australia, and people will be able to heckle me and talk to me while I'm gigging, like from all over That's the amazing. world. Mm. Well, there's a whole bunch of people in the comments uh, page will be delighted to hear that. There's a lot of people from Australia. We've got folk in from New York asking for you. Um, uh, I want to ask you quickly, there's a question from, uh, well, there's a couple of statements from Linda. She's been telling you that your exercise videos have been keeping people going throughout lockdown. So uh, tell us, I've, I've seen a few of them. Like, we've had a chat about it. Tell us a wee bit about your exercise videos. Okay, so real quick, I mean, I, I mean, for my mental health, anyway, I use exercise and meditation and whatever. I see. I'm, I I have to move. Do you know what I mean? And so I couldn't go to my trainer with the lockdown. So I said, "Okay, I'll do training here. I don't I don't need any weights because my trainer teaches me how to just train without weights." And then I thought, "I'm not doing it on my own. I'll get people to join in with me online." So I started doing it online, and then I I. I kind of just started doing more little proppy things as I was just so whenever I start training I actually oh yeah I have it here actually I always I always train I always I always train with this on I always train with this on right and then before I train people go eyebrows eyebrows this is how, how com- and I went what they made me draw eyebrows on like big marker eyebrows onto me like that and then we we all just train we train for like half an hour and I just train and I take the piss out of them and they take the piss out of me and a lot of time they're not even training it's just a bit of a laugh because they just Brilliant. it's just like I, and look and i always say this they go thanks for doing it but they helped me as well so they yeah. were helping me train as well so mm-hmm. i've moved it now to seven seven o'clock on wednesday nights and 10 o'clock on saturday mornings because some people are back at work now but don't worry it's still there i love doing it it's great crack that's brilliant. So is that on a, is that a YouTube video or how do we get access to that? Where, where do we find that stream? No, uh, it's on, I did Facebook Live. Ah. And, the, and uh, the reason I did Facebook Live yeah. is that every, it, I, it's mad, like uh, everybody was complaining going, we can't really see it on Instagram Live. So I went, okay, I'll try it on YouTube. And then they went, we can't find YouTube. So then I went and I did it on Facebook Live. Mm. And uh, But people were saying, but if you do it on YouTube, you'll make money. And uh, Jason Manford started doing YouTube. He's a mate of mine. You know, Jason Manford, the comedian. And he yeah. started doing, he got like something like 12,000 12, followers and he was doing quizzes. 
and I think he got a payment of 85p or something. Yeah. So I went, I went, I went, all right, fuck it, I'll go back to Facebook Live. And in Facebook, they can all just text in and it's great, but it's great crack. So Facebook Live is where it is. And I just do it. Really? I just do it for fun. Keeps me happy. You do, a yeah. lot of, uh, you do a lot of physical contact, a lot of props. And you've already been talking about how you're managing to keep that, I guess, that virtual contact with audiences. When it when it comes to that venue with the socially distant 50 people, what are you going to do? How is this going to, how are you going to look on stage? Cause, I mean, I've got a similar problem myself. I use a lot of audience participation, but you, you fucking, you really use audience participation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's, I mean, I, I, I kind of started easing off because, you know, a lot of people can sue you and you shouldn't really be, uh, dragging somebody around the stage with a scruff of their neck and you're not really allowed to do that you're not allowed you're not allowed to do a lot of shit anymore anyway do you know what I mean like I swung out on a wrecking ball over the audience in Edinburgh like as in like you're the audience and I came towards them and out over the top of them and like every night the venue were shit and I, there had to be lawyers and everything and so I eased off doing that so now I mean what I'll do is I'll still bring props on but I'll revert back to the way I used to I used to never touch anybody I used to just have my silly little accordion or I had me little, mm. little pride. I get a prop and I would just start talking about the actual prop in my hand. So I'll just have to start doing that. You know what I mean? And probably nearly touch somebody. I'll have, I'll come out. <laughs> so what I can do actually for the crack, I can actually connect a load of sticks to me that are like, you know, six feet long and then get somebody, get an audience <laughs> member, get an audience member to put them on as well, like a skirt. And then I can just, you know, I can do something with them, but we won't actually touch. Which is, <laughs> I just don't keep everybody happy. Isn't yeah. that why they used to have those big, massive dresses in the olden days? So you could actually naturally have a socially distanced uh, dance or ball. You know, when women had those really elaborately framed dresses. That, that was the reason, I'm sure of it. To, what, because of diseases? Well, no, because they just didn't want guys getting close to them. <laughs> I don't think that because of like horrible STDs and rock oh, yeah, that, that Victorians had hanging out of their fannies and balls. <laughs> so I, I to <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine what was waiting for you in a man's trousers as a or a lady? First of all, it took it took probably an hour to get all that stuff off. Then the boobs fly out, the belly comes out. And then there's a fanny the length of a carpet and things growing in it. And then, and then, and then a man takes out his cock to some lady, and it's just like got lumps and bumps and like, oh, jeez, I don't know how the Victorians ever had sex. That's why they were on on cocaine and opium all the time because they're fucking. I'm not. I am not touching this skanky fucking fella. He stinks as shit and he smells. And I'm not even sure is that his cock or his arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we'd end up here. That's definitely. Kevin, you need to put that. You need to put that quote up on the screen. Is that his cock or his arsehole? Twenty twenty. Oh man! I'll try to work this out. Do you know what? Right. Has anybody got an auntie? Even like this is before all this happened. Who, who used to wear wigs? I had an auntie that wore wigs, but she also drank whiskey. And nobody was allowed to comment because, like, the wig, she'd be literally like that, just talking to everyone. <laughs> I, I had a very nice day today. Thank you very much. Is that as common as Poor whip, the poor. And actually, there's people, there's people at home now in COVID, and the wives are going, Actually, I said that last night to me, to me, fella. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
the growth, and he's gone, oh, leave me alone, I haven't been able to fucking sort myself out. Oh, man. But anyway, um, yes. Well, listen, we've, we we need to watch our time a little bit. So we've, we've not got a huge amount of time left. We've got about five, ten minutes left. So yeah. yes. over over the coming weeks, obviously we're, we're in lockdown kind of at the moment. When you and I were chatting a few months ago, Jason, it was all just kind of kicking off and we didn't yeah. really know where it was going to leave us. But over this next week while, where can we see you? You've mentioned your Facebook Live. Is that is that the kind of main platform? Or are you doing any special shows online that are coming up? Any big uh, events? Going to be taking part in. Yeah, so uh, well, like the Facebook Live, I stopped. I well, I actually stopped doing that for about two weeks, just for my own my own head. I was actually going a little bit too fast. So now I've kind of gathered myself up again, and loads of people who are listening, like you know, we have it's such a mad challenge, and we we don't need to go so fast and worry so much. So I took a little bit of a think, and I went right. So I'll do Facebook Live seven p.m. on Wednesday nights, ten a.m. on Saturdays. And half an hour before I train, I talk to people like this, and they all text in, and we have a bit of a laugh. Ah, cool. Um, and on my Instagram and my Facebook page, I I still I put up like funny sketches and bits of comedy, and I I had and people at home can try this as well. I voiced I voiced a bit of news here, and people can have a look at the Facebook thing. It was basically it's it's a, it's um it's just my voice over the president of Ireland and the Taoiseach of Ireland, and people can have a look. I won't tell you about it. They can have a look at it, but that's great fun. If you get bored at home, everybody just voice, do a bit of voice of the news, do your own voice and stuff. And then the big thing is, as I said earlier, is uh, we'll probably be announcing tomorrow the dates where I'm going to be doing live gigs and streaming them, which will be, I think, around 31st of July is the first one, and then the following Friday in the in mm-hmm. August is the next one, and then we'll just see how it goes. And if that keeps going, I'll just I'll keep doing them and just stay where I am. And anybody in the world can click in and, mm. and just keep an eye. But the main thing is, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be staying online and people can find me anywhere. I'll keep an is eye. that your antidote to the fringe then, Jason? Is that how you're going to get your fringe kicks by doing those remote shows? Well, I tell you, Kev, I've called it Jason Burns Fringe Fringe. That's ah, yeah. <laughs> because I have been in Edinburgh every <laughs> single year and I've done a show every single year since 1996. Wow. wow so like... Yeah. It's just insane. So I went, no, no COVID. Fuck off, COVID. I'm doing an Edinburgh show. So I'm doing it, yeah. I'm doing mm-hmm. do a, a kind of Edinburgh show. But yeah, that's where you'll see me. I mean, and of course, the one big thing, the other thing I do is a, a podcast called Mind Your Loaf, which is on iTunes and, and Spotify. That's a mental health, well-being. Um, Gavin, there's an episode of Gavin on there. I am. Yeah. I can, vouch, a... I can vouch for that very, very podcast. It's Mind um, Your Loaf. Mind your loaf, it's a huge help for anybody out there, not just people who do suffer from mental health. There's there's great stuff on there about all sorts of important topics from happiness to anxiety, yeah. all elements no, of the stuff. And, and Jason co-hosts that with Mar, who is amazing. So yeah. make sure you download it and, and, and have a listen, folks. Um, Jason, we, we sometimes have games and segments that we like to play uh, on, on our show, uh, Show Off's podcast. Um, we, there's a particular segment we've touched on a couple of times called Generations. And um, <laughs> it's it's all about the greatest nicknames that you can remember from throughout your life. However, oh. more importantly, it's actually <laughs> about the story that sits behind uh, the, yeah. the, the nickname. So um, 
very quickly, Kev, can you just bring Jason up to speed as to why the game's called Generations? Because it's Generations. Yeah. So uh, when I was uh, when I was back at uh, university, I used to go and do. I just loved performing. Even though I wasn't a performer back then, I would go to schools and do kind of uh, teaching, uh, mainly for physics. And I met a kid who was called Generations in one of the schools in Edinburgh, this little S3 kid. Um, little legend, had a bit of a mouth on him, but he was a good-hearted good lad. But all the guys used to call him Generations. So I mean, after a few weeks, I got a bit curious, and I said to some of the guys, why do you call, why do you call little Steve over there Generations? And the answer was, because every generation of his family's got the same hairdo, him, his mum, and his sister. <laughs> 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 Which was brilliant. And so we've called the generations, and we're looking for either from you or from someone you know or for some, a story yeah. you've heard, something along those lines, anything you've got. Well, this is amazing, right, because I, I, I recently put up um, a post of if anybody had any stories about their youth, and uh, and then it just came flooding in. So the and and, and Ireland Irish people have a lot of uh, a lot of names and stuff. So this came in right, and it, this guy he said, um, "Our great uncle was called Speed by everyone. I think it was because he had polio and was bad down one side of his body. So when he went around on his bike, standing on one pedal with his weaker side and pushed himself with his good foot on the ground." They, they call him speed because so he's obviously going slow but he can only use one half of his body and he's pushed down on that right oh, man. <laughs> then they had the, and this is really weird uh, we had a great uncle who was called okay an uncle okay and it says it said when he was born a neighbor asked what the baby was and the reply was oh uh, it's an okay baby and he, he was called <laughs> it said he was called okay for the rest of his life <laughs> for the rest of his life yeah, I love it okay. that's it, you I mean, can't, that sticks doesn't it that's horrid when you just can't I mean, escape course, something like that of course in school like you know you had to be so careful at school mm. if you did anything in first class or first year that was it that was your nickname forever you know what I mean Absolutely. like if you I don't know if you farted in class or if you uh, I don't know stuttered even for a second let's say you just went uh, m -m miss like that you were called yeah. Mit 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 for years. You were just called Mit Mit. Oh, here comes Mit Mit. You go, no, you only did it for a second. You know, like, all right, Mit Mit, Mit Mit. Like, oh, man, 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 man. Kids are bastards. But, they you know, are. It's fun. It was fun. And, and Jason, just uh, just before we start to, to, to properly wrap up, um, Kev invented a brilliant game for our podcast called Bananas in Pajamas. Two pajamas, and, uh, two pajamas. Sorry, bananas, two pajamas. <laughs> That's I'm talking about a different show altogether. <laughs> uh, and it, it's uh, mate. Do you know? I don't know if it's genius or or like terrible, but it's definitely one of them. But right. it's become a wee thing on on our podcast. He even made a jingle for it, Kev. I don't know if you've got <laughs> a jingle there. Yeah. So how I'm playing these, by the way, is I've got an iPad with little things on it. But let me just give it a little shot. Da -da -da. And showing the world. Bananas to pajamas, bananas to pajamas, bananas to pajamas, bananas to pajamas. So bananas to pajamas, how does this work? Well basically you get two words that rhyme that are different, and then you have to find a logical route from one oh, to the other. Okay. So like a like a separation. Yeah, so we'll yeah. take we'll take um from the chat, we'll get something from the audience. So the first word that comes in, we'll take that word, we'll think of one that rhymes with it. So the first word that comes in in the chat. From now, we'll take that word, we'll find one that rhymes, and we have to try and get from one to the other. Uh, kind of like. It doesn't even have to rhyme. 
Yeah, okay, we can take the rhyming <laughs> element out. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, do you want to do you want to make one up? Should we see? Yeah, Nothing's come through so far. Go. Oh, hold on, let's jelly. <laughs> All right, jelly. Jelly to uh, to how about sunflower? <laughs> oh no, hold on, glass table. Jelly to glass table. Wait a minute. Right. Did you just change that to glass table? So it doesn't <laughs> have to. So we don't have to have a story about it. We just need the word. You just need to go from it. So you can see jelly, jelly on the plate, uh, plate of food, oh. <laughs> food, jelly, <laughs> food. Yeah, uh, which, well, which one do you want me to start with? Uh, well, why don't you go from jelly to jelly to? Like, we've got licorice in from Gail. Let's go from that jelly to licorice. Well, that's actually quite easy because they're both confectioning. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, jelly went over to the licorice area, got some licorice, <laughs> went back and got some jellies. I got more licorice. <laughs> I'm seeing okay. holes in my game. There's holes of. Jason, here's here's a couple of words that have come in. You need to yeah. get from stable to minge. Okay. <laughs> Uh, stable, saddle, hay, uh, ho female horse rider, minge. <laughs> I just, you know what I had in my head? A beautiful story, like, like a Lady Chatterley's lover, of a lady coming in on a horse into the stable and just, you know, just getting naked with me and we made love in the hay. But I've never done that. I've never actually had sex outside. But apparently, it's not good, and women don't like all the creepy crawlies going up into their bits and pieces. That's not. If any young people are listening, ladies like a nice, comfy bed, and and also as well. Oh my God! I, I this is one of the last gags I did as well. I said, "Do you know what? Because I'm not married anymore, and I miss not being married. Because you know, when you're with, with with a new girl now, they've got like you know sexy lingerie and they've got really nice, nice, nice gear on them." Like you're in bed, and you're going, oh my god, that's fantastic! But you're quite—you're not used to that because as a married man, what you're used to is just one leg being taken out of the pajama, and <laughs> just just the one leg being thrown over, and your missus going, yeah, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> and then the leg, the leg going back in. Yes, well done, ladies. Like a nice, comfortable bed. Also, ladies don't like lingerie that goes up their arse like floss. They like big knickers. Right, <laughs> and. And so do men, Jason. Oh, men love a big knicker. I think men like a good pajama. Like you see, like I have a. See, hang on, I'm gonna show you. Because I have a good pajama. <laughs> so you can't see this. We got Jason's pajamas on screen there. Slightly, <laughs> yeah. slightly blue tartan. If you're listening again on this in the podcast, and one one leg showing, one leg showing, well, very, which means very paisley. When one leg showing, you know, in in Ireland after ten o'clock, you have to. Sh show you have one leg uh, you have to have one leg bare in ireland it's it it's in, it's to keep the spirits out it's to keep the spirits out of your house the bad spirits jason you have been absolutely amazing mate you have oh, yeah. done everything and more that uh, we hoped you know there's a, a a good reason for bringing you on tonight mate and it's just oh. to get that joyous upbeat energy mate and even though we're not able to do this physically in a room uh mate it's been a wonderful hour yes. Thank they're great. So much for joining us. Um, there's been a million questions coming in, mate. We've not been able to get through them all, but do you know it's what? Okay. We've, we've just thoroughly enjoyed listening to you tonight, and thank you for for sharing all your stories, mate. It's been a ball. Well, listen. Before yeah. we leave, because it is called show offs, I should really show you what I made in 1989 in school. Please do. Uh, it's it's a metronome, and this is from 1989. It's wooden, and it's a metronome. 
And here's the insides of us. <laughs> Fucking hell. I know. Look at this thing. That's amazing. I know. And I, I was trying to make a birdhouse out of a metronome. And this is what this is it. And I just had to glue numbers on, like on there and all. It was, uh, yeah. So that's that's that is way beyond what i would have no. expected from a high school student to a was, no no that's five years of engineer and that's that's about as good as it got with me <laughs> Wait, does it does it still tech does it still it does. tech does it, it? can we have you no, got batteries can we listen no, it needs a battery i don't have it but what oh. happened was you were supposed to make a metronome like engineering like mechanically but all the idiots like me we, we just couldn't do it so we went into a shop in Dublin city centre and they were selling the insides of a metronome because they knew it was part of an exam and there was loads of kids <laughs> queuing up. So that, that actual metronome, the insides of it, I didn't even make them. They're, and I, <laughs> I just taped them. They're just taped in there. Please, uh, please tell me there's a kid somewhere from Ireland whose nickname has been metronome for the last 30 years. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. That's because his neck is this. He's got a loose neck. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, don't you hang up. You stay there. We'll have a chat with you in a second. But right, uh, listen, everybody on the chat's saying big thank you, Jason. Much love, mate. Thank we'll you. Chat soon, all right? Okay, yeah. see you guys. Let's stay where I am. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed listening to Jason tonight. Big love from all of us. Um, we are not here next week. Uh, yeah. The country. We might be putting up a pre-recorded one. Keep an eye on the Facebook page, uh, and we'll let you know what's happening. And make sure you follow Jason on all his social media. Uh, and a, a big, uh, big thanks from Kevin. I, Kevin, have you got anything you want to mm. say? Any final jingles you want to play? Yeah, just want to, um, I just want to say for it as well. Like you, you, I mean, we're do, we're going out live just now, but you can watch this back again. That'll live on Facebook.com/slash/showoffspod. Or if you want to download the podcast and do all that sort of stuff now on, you can find that easily enough on on the podcast search function on your phone or whatever. Just search for showoffs, and we're like the first on the list now for that. Um, so thanks for everyone's support so far. We've had hundreds, literally hundreds of downloads now, unbelievably. So we're, we're really, uh, we're motoring on and it's been a real pleasure having Jason. Um, I just try to think if there's anything I want to say, but that's about it. It's just been an absolute ball. I've had, I've laughed more, I think, in this one than I have in any other gab, although I do love your company, you know that, but it's, it's been you. wild. It's been wild, hasn't it? It has, right. Get a jingle set up, ready to go. And uh, for the audience that are with us tonight, Keep showing off. Have an amazing week and uh, stay healthy, folks. Yeah, all right. We'll do the last little jingle of show offs. Show offs. La, 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 la. See you there, guys. Bye bye.